Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. The topic I'm delving into this week is high performance. It's one that I've been inspired to do based on the sport I'm watching on television. It's great to see it back. You know, we have the European football championships, the tennis at Wimbledon, uh, GAA. And of course, it's uh, later this month that the Olympics will be in Tokyo and uh, the Olympics is something that I've always enjoyed watching, even going back to, to being a kid. So, as I say, this week's topic is about high performance, and it's a term that we generally associate with sport. You know, the discipline, the dynamics of high performance, they're easily spotted in the world of elite sports. Consistency, resilience, focus, a winning record, a strong work ethic, a hunger for improvement. These are just some of the qualities we'll notice successful individuals and teams display. In the corporate world, in the business world, we do come across the phrase high performance. Sometimes it's slatted in in front of teams uh, or high performance is bandied about at performance appraisals. But what does high performance really mean? That's something I want to be delving into in a minute. Um, Of course, some companies out there, some organisations, you know, they foster a culture that supports and rewards high performance. Whilst accolades and external feedback can spur motivation. Ultimately, though, high performance is an inside job. Self-awareness and self-assessment are key factors, irrespective of how performance is labelled. I remember when I started in uh, my own business, gosh, 20 plus years ago, and my first business card on the back of it, I had a little quote by Aristotle, which read, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. And I think that's a quote that is synonymous with high performance as well. So we're going to look into this week the what I label the seven disciplines of high performance, but before that going to look at the mindset and also how we define high performance because I think if we're after more of anything it's always useful to get clear as to what it is we're we're dealing with. So if Aristotle is saying excellence is a habit, I also think high performance is a mindset as well. You know, you have to see yourself as a high performer or someone capable of high performance. In other words, being a high performer is part of how you self-identify. You have a sense of your potential and an awareness of where you are now and where you want to be in terms of your effectiveness or your level of achievement. Negativity, a victim mentality, cynicism, these are qualities that don't lend themselves to high performance. A positive outlook, a can-do attitude is vital. When the going gets tough, high performers dig deep into their reserves of self-belief and resilience and bent bounce back. In difficult times, rather than blaming others, they look within and they ask, well, what can I learn from this? But we'll get more into some of those qualities shortly. But let me start by contemplating how we define high performance. Think about your own work. What does high performance look like or mean to you? Achievement of results has to be in there somewhere, as probably does the time scale over which we're operating. As I see it, high performance is about achieving better than expected results over a period of time. It has to be sustainable too, so it's not just luck or benefiting from external circumstances. It's succeeding above and beyond the norms over a longer time period. You know, it's the football team that wins seven in a row or the project manager who delivers time and time again within budget. 
there can be a danger when the emphasis is on high performance in that we can easily drift into winning at all costs. You know, burnout or injuries from training is the price we pay for that. As I've said before, I always like to emphasize the intention of doing and being our best, but recognizing that our definition of best will vary. I'm a great tennis fan, and one of the sports stars I really admire is Roger Federer. His definition of best has changed as he's gotten older. You know, he reduces the amount of games he plays so he can be at his peak for the Grand Slams. The same would be true of Serena Williams. This brings us into the territory of optimum preparation for the situation we are in. We know under-preparation doesn't serve us, but over-preparation can nearly be worse. This is an approach I share with my interview and presentation skills coaching clients. As I often say to people I'm working with, you know, you want to do your best thinking or your best performance at the interview or at the presentation, not in your, your training beforehand. And then timing is important as well. And of course, this is something that we can pick up with experience. So if I think of myself as someone who speaks in public, who might be labeled a motivational speaker, I tend to know when I've done the optimum amount of prep, leaving a little bit of wiggle room, as I phrase it, to be responsive on the day. I know when I was less experienced, I was putting too much preparation in where I nearly became too fixed or too rigid, where I wasn't able to respond to the, to the synergy in the room, as it were. So let's delve into what I label the seven disciplines of high performance. The first one is results focus. This is probably an obvious one. You know, high performance is, the, is in the pursuit of a goal, a target, or an objective. In the wider context of goal setting, how will you know you're on the right track unless you know your destination? We might use the term goal, objective, or commitment, or target in a work context, but when it comes to high performance, I prefer to use the word results and to put the focus on results. So even say in a football match, a goal may or may not be scored, but there will always be a result. So have a think about in, in your scenario, in your situation, you know, what's important, uh, what's your intention, what does success look like? These are questions high performers ask frequently, and they apply them over different timescales. A few more questions to ponder. You know, what, what result would be threshold for you? What would be the norms or expected standards for you? You know, what result would be above and beyond, remembering that that's a key element of the definition of high performance, above and beyond the expected norms. And then the other part, you know, what's sustainable over a longer period of time? For me, I think if something is not sustainable, it's a little bit more, um, you know, flash in the pan or once off it's, um, or look. It, it's not a learned process. I think of it when I apply it to my own fitness. And in the last week or two, I've gone back to the gym and I'm tidying up my diet a little, as I would say. Now, I would not describe myself as a high performer when I go to the gym. I don't know what that would be. Um, but if I do apply it to my, if I do apply the concepts of high performance to that scenario for me, it's like threshold is, is maybe, you know, going to the gym three days a week um, and um, paying attention to what it is I'm eating. What would high performance there look like? Well, for me, it includes doing something that's sustainable because, you know, the way with health and fitness, so often we embark on a journey, but it's, it's maybe focused on a particular goal or, you know, a shirt you want to fit into or a wedding you're going to. 
But once that's achieved, maybe it's not sustainable. And that's something that I'm paying particular attention to this time in my own health, um, wellness, fitness journey. I'm looking to get into a routine that for me is both effective and sustainable. The second discipline of high performance is about generating energy. You know, we can't do much if we have little energy or we're, we're just not feeling great. You know, high performers know the importance of managing their energy levels. So if you think about that yourself, how do you fuel yourself when it comes to nutrition or hydration or exercise? You know, this one is a little ironic for me at the minute, because as I say, I'm back into a fitness regime at the gym. Um, but currently today, I my, my own energy levels are, are not the highest. Um, I'm Maybe you can hear it in my voice. I don't know. Um, but one of the things that I'm reminded of when it comes to energy levels is that I'm the owner of my own performance. And by that, I mean owner as the acronym owner. So it stands for the O is for oxygen, you know, so changing my breathing patterns. I speak frequently enough about breathing. I don't think I need to say any more of it here other than if we're exercising, we're, we're, we're taking more oxygen in, which fuels the body. Uh, the W in owner is for water. So that brings us into the territory of hydration, uh, important all year round, but particularly in the summer months, I think. Uh, N for nutrition. I'm no nutritionist, but my general guide is the more naturally colourful food is, probably the better it is for me. Uh, the E for exercise, uh, so some movement. Um, and then the R for rest um, or oscillation, you know, recharging the batteries. Um, sharpening the saws, the late Stephen Covey would say. So for me, that's very relevant at the minute. But I think if we're looking to be an effective performer, let alone a high, a high performer in any field, we do need to pay attention to how we're creating energy and how we're expending that energy. The third discipline of high performance is about digging deep and tapping into our reserves of resilience. A real sign of a champion's mentality is that they pull out a performance when it matters most. You know, you see it on the tennis court when a champion serves an ace when the pressure is on or they immediately break back having lost serve. Just as we build muscle through resistance training, the challenges we face present the greatest opportunity for learnings and growth. As I often say, challenges can release latent potential. High, performance relish be, high performers relish being pushed by a strong opponent because it takes a challenge to bring out their best. It's in difficult times that we have to connect with our sources of motivation. I often find that when I'm listening to sports stars being interviewed, you often hear them speak about putting in the work and pushing through because they know their deeper why. They, they're very connected with their motivation. You know, they're doing it for their family. Uh, they're doing it to make someone important to them proud or to be a role model. Uh, they know what's important to them, why success matters. It's, it's personal to them. So this leads to the question in relation to the area where maybe you're upping, you're looking to up your performance. Why, why would high performance be important to you? Of course, it may not be. For me, if I think of my own performance in a professional context, it's about living up to the standards I set for myself, my own, my own sense of professionalism. I also have a sense of my potential and what I'm capable of, and, and I want to reach for that. I also have the sense that maybe I have some messages or wisdom, you know, that I can communicate to others, which will be of benefit to them, to be of service to them. 
So that's my deeper why, as Simon Sinek would say. The next discipline of high performance is productivity focus. There's a marked difference between being busy and being productive. We also know that just because we do a task well doesn't mean that that task is important. High, performance, uh, high performers, they're not busy people, they're productive people. They're applying their energy, attention and effort where it matters most. They lean into proactivity wherever possible because with proactivity comes a greater sense of control. In my business, I'm aware of what's income generating busy and what's just being busy. Because if you're acting like me, we'll always, you'll always find something to do. Uh, with productivity, the focus is also about fine tuning. This reminds me of the difference between a professional and an amateur golfer when they go to, say, a golfing range. You know, if like me is a very amateur golfer, if I go to a golfing range, I'm just trying to hit the ball straight and I'm trying to hit it as far as I can. Whereas a professional golfer is maybe identifying a, a small element of their swing and they're focusing on that and they're looking to fine tune that. And that's something that high performers do in their own fields of endeavor. So one or two reflection questions here. For you, what would be the difference between being busy and being productive? Or in relation to your own performance, what could you fine tune? The fifth discipline of high performance, as I see it, is the ability to develop influence. Social skills and the ability to establish positive working relationships are vital competencies when it comes to high performance, especially in teams and in organisations. We achieve little in isolation. Even individual sports stars have their coach and support team and have to be adept at handling the media. Now, true high performers, I find, are humble. They recognise the skills and contributions of others. It's not just what you achieve, but how you achieve it and who you are, the qualities and attitudes you display in the process of achievement. In many companies now, the traditional goal setting or target focused appraisal system has developed into something that has a little bit more of a wider perspective. It's gone beyond just a target ticking exercise. The focus is now a blend of both the what and the how. There's little point in achieving, in someone achieving their goals, if how they achieve them is detrimental to the larger community. Sometimes the what is easily achieved if the economy is going your way. You're riding a wave. But if I keep that analogy going without learning skill or drawing on experience along the way, you only realise who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. We're almost there. Quality number six, or the sixth discipline of high performance, is all about courage. You know, it is never confidence that gets us to push our comfort zones, to try something new, to dig deep. It's always courage. When we think about people we admire, a common factor will be the courage they demonstrated in overcoming challenges. High performers acknowledge their struggles because they know that that is how their character is built. There's that old phrase, if nothing changes, everything stays the same. And of course, we have that familiar definition of madness, doing the same thing over and over again and hoping something different happens. You know, life continues to evolve. Sports and business strategies continue to evolve. What once might have worked for a manager when it comes to when it came to, say, football strategies will eventually become the norm and their competitive advantage will be lost. High performers will always be at the cutting edge establishing a new approach, 
Uh, they have the courage to innovate, to go the extra mile, to take the path not taken, to step into new territory and to create new norms and new standards. So a question here to reflect on, as we are aware of courage being a, a key component in high performance, if you were a little bit more courageous, what's something new you could try? The last point I want to share with you, the last discipline of high performance, is in many ways an extension of the previous point. It's all about having a hunger for learning. At elite level in sports and in business, it's the smallest factors that can make the biggest difference. You can only hunt for those critical distinctions with a mindset of curiosity, flexibility, and a hunger to continuously upskill. Complacency is the enemy. Those who succeed at the highest levels harness feedback, but only as a way of supplementing and validating their own self-assessment. Remember, in all walks of life, feedback from others is subjective. It's a valid input. It provides information to weigh up, but it's not the gospel truth. As the saying goes, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that counts. When I'm working with coaching clients, really in all disciplines, I'll share with them two key self-assessment questions. And these are questions that I find high performers tend to ask themselves frequently and instinctively. You know, the first one is, well, what did I do well? So they're able to assess the positives of their own performance. How rarely do we do that? And then the other one is next time, what would I do differently or what would I adjust? So they're feeding forward as opposed to even taking feedback. They're looking to make the adjustments, the tweaks, the fine tunes so that they can um, go back into the game, go back into the field, go back into the project and be more effective next time having harnessed their learning. So before I share a few closing reflections and quotes, let's do a quick recap on what I've been chatting about or musing about this week. So high performance is all about the mindset, what's going on between our two ears. And it really starts by seeing ourselves as someone who is a high performer or at least capable of high performance. Then there was the seven disciplines of it, the results focus, because I think performance will always be aligned with results. Uh, the ability to generate energy where we're expending our energy. Uh, also the ability to dig deep, particularly resilience when we're facing challenges. Uh, to know the difference between being busy and being productive because high performers will tend to focus on the highest return of their um, energy investment and focus. Then there's the ability to develop strong social relationships, working relationships, because ultimately it's about influence and it's about achieving with and through other people. Then there was courage, that quality that I seem to refer to time and time again in so many different contexts, you know, the, the courage to try something new. And then the last point around learning, you know, where can I upskill? What would be useful for me to learn? There's that inbuilt curiosity. There's a great question there that I've been pondering in recent times under the umbrella of, of learning, uh, which is what could I start today that my future self would thank me for? You know, there's an interesting question to ponder as we move towards close. But performance, no matter how it's labelled, is found at the intersection of motivation, capability and behaviour. High performance follows when a positive mindset ignites an expanding skill set and is translated into daily habits that are continuously refined. 
A few quotes to close with. One that I came across, I don't know the source of it, it's anonymous, but it says, opportunity and success are always disguised as hard work. Um, I sort of think that's true. <laughs> and then there's one accredited to Michelangelo, although I don't speak, think he spoke English. It must be translated from Italian or Latin, whatever language he spoke as he was painting the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo apparently said, if people knew how hard, if people knew how hard I worked, they wouldn't, they wouldn't marvel at my genius. That's an interesting one to close with. So I hope you found my musings on the topic of high performance this week uh, interesting. As I say, it's been inspired by all of the great sport that's on television, and I only realised how much, how much I missed it, even though I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as a sporty person. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, do consider giving me a rating or writing a review, or if you've not subscribed, do consider subscribing to the channel because then you can get notified when, when every weekly episode drops. I think that's the fancy term for it. Um, of course, all previous episodes are available in the archive just by scrolling back um, or on my website, jamesweekman.com. So thanks as ever for tuning in. I do appreciate you listening to me and giving me your, your time for 20 minutes or so every week. Uh, that spurs me on to, to come up with new and interesting topics um, uh, week after week. Of course, more information about me and all my services is available on my website, jamesweetman.com. And as I mentioned in previous weeks as well, on social media, I'm doing a lot more now on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, do check me out at james underscore sweetman, where there's daily quotes and snippets and little videos and my own learnings are shared on there as well. I've even put up elements of my morning routine and my morning yoga practice. So that's a real behind the scenes. Um, um, option I would say so thanks again and until next week